Welcome to the Sisters of Industry, a weekly podcast where a shared bloodline combined with divergent professional experiences set the stage for great conversation on doing work that matters. With Laura's global corporate experience and Jen's nonprofit startup experience, the sisters will provide you with insights that can be used to help you lead and work better starting now. We're here to make you laugh, make you think, and make you more industrious in your professional and personal life. I'm Jen, and I like to dream and I like to plan, but I don't always have the patience for planning my dreams. I'm willing to outsource to the experts. I'm Laura, and planning is my jam. This includes planning dreams, especially if your dream is a trip to Disney and you're looking for itineraries and park plans. Want to have a magical, organized time? I'm your gal. Today, we're continuing our dreamer's journey into the realm of planning. You may be thinking, doesn't a plan stifle a dream? We say even the best dreamers need a plan. Disney needed someone to put a dream into pictures and even construction plans and animation cells. Elon Musk needs engineers to turn the car of the future into the car of now. No one wins that Super Bowl they dream of without a team and a playbook. Dare we say that a plan doesn't stifle a dream, a plan fuels a dream. Still not sure? Time to listen up. Let's dream, let's plan, let's go. Laura, this is obviously your sweet spot. We've already set this up for the fact that I'm willing to outsource some of the planning. And the case in point is the fact that when we went to Disney World together with our families, um, well, let's just call it, it was probably 10 years ago. Um, Don't you planned. say that. Are you serious? I think oh, it yeah. was. I think, I think it was. Uh, no, it was maybe eight years ago. Anyway, it's been a minute, but I very clearly remember the binder that you mailed to me and then all the documents you sent me to print and put in said binder um, as we prepared for this trip. And I had a magical experience following your plans. So if I didn't say it enough then, uh, I want to go back and say thank you for planning the dream, Laura. I love planning the dream. I love planning all things magical. I'll plan your universal adventures as well, we should make clear. I'm pretty sure... <laughs> <laughs> that a couple years ago when we did Universal together, I also told you which park we were doing on which day and which direction we were going to walk upon park entrance. So I apologize yes. if my plans put a little bit too much structure around <laughs> your dreams, but you did get to ride every ride in the Wizarding World at least twice with minimal lines. So I'm not going to apologize too much. No, this is absolutely true, and there are a lot more adventures to come. Well, last week we got into this conversation talking about the fact that we all have dreams and we need to figure out the scope of our dreams. We need to figure out how much room it's going to take so that dreams don't stay dreams. At some point we said we want to take them out of the clouds and into a point of execution. And so today we wanna to move that conversation along and really start getting tactical about taking our dreams and putting some action steps beside them. So that means we are entering into Laura's realm of excitement because it is time to plan. And so Laura, 
this first step in planning is we said that the difference between goals and dreams is that goals have kind of a shorter term practical thing. So I think in some ways, the first thing we have to do is start breaking our dream down into some goals, right? Sure thing. And part of what we need to remember is that while goals are a little bit more tactical and start to rein us in, goals are still aspirational. So here's where there's a lot of art to what we're going to do, right? We have a dream. This dream is to go do something that may be sitting where you are in this moment. It seems way out there, inconceivable, not really realistic, but we've kind of done some of that validation we talked about last week and said, okay, wait a minute. If I really put my mind to it, this is not only the right thing, but it is a possible thing. And now it's time to say, how do I break that down into intermediate goals that are going to stretch me, be a pool in getting towards that dream, but still give me a chance to break down and accomplish work and start to lay groundwork. So this is where the very easy classic visual of the steps come into place. And let's even get a little crazy. Let's call it the stairway to heaven, if you like. <laughs> Stay with me, right? If your dream is up there in those clouds, let's picture that stairway to heaven. Thank you very much. You know you're all humming along with me now. <laughs> Picture that stairway to heaven. So we're still reaching into the clouds for that great thing over the horizon, right? But we have some concrete places we can take steps to get that dream closer and closer to a reality. And that's what I want to kind of grab into today is how do we think about that? And the first thing I want you to walk away with is where I just started this little segment is to say a goal is going to be, you know, these steps are each a goal that's breaking, working your way towards your dream. And that's going to be a big step. It's going to be one of those steps where you feel like you are reaching. I'm left-handed, so I'm, I'm leading with my left leg, right? You are leading with your lead leg and it kind of stretches a little. You kind of aren't sure you can make it all the way up, let alone pull your body weight behind when you get there, but you can do it. So you don't want to demotivate, but you want to work for it. Yeah, and I think where I appreciate where you're pushing us toward the you have to take that bigger step, you have to do a little bit of reaching, there should be some stretching involved. But I think there also has to be the recognition that you do just have to take a step as well. And sometimes the biggest detriment to making this shift from dream to, to planning and objectives and execution is that we always see it as too far. And so until you break it down into here's the step I can take today and so I will take it today instead of continuing to make the excuse for why it just isn't possible. And so it really is about taking it down into steps that can actually create movement. And some of those steps are going to be farther apart. This really is like a rock climbing wall. And some of them are going to be really small. But the point is that you've got to figure out what the next one is that gets you to, to that first, you know, that first through the first incline. So I love that you stretched us in our analogy to a rock climbing wall. I'm going to admit you scared me because I tried rock climbing once and good <laughs> God, was I terrible at it. <laughs> Miniature side note for anyone who has not tried this before. You watch this on television or you go to a gym where people are doing it. And you think that looks really cool and not that hard, right? They're, they don't <laughs> seem that far up in the air. There's things to grip onto. The, 
at one point when we went climbing, I was like, whoa, I just nailed it. Look at me. And I turn around and I probably could have touched the top of my daughter's head that was with me that was spotting me down below. Like I'd gone like three feet. It was ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, side note, let's be careful with the rock climbing analogy because it ain't for everybody, brother. Um, having said that, I do think what we can learn from rock climbing or if you use the stairway to heaven, there's going to be some clouds along the way. As we set some of these goals, it's important and this is the second big point I want to make. It's important that we have a mixture of goals. They're all going to stretch us. Some of them are going to be exceptionally clear. You can see the step in front of you. If you're rock climbing, you see the not only the ledge to put your foot on, but you see the ledge that you're going to be able to get a grip on and hold with your hand, right? You see exactly where you're going. You just, you need to come up with the time and the energy to get it done. Mm -hmm. In some cases, and this is important too, you need a step where you're going to say, we can't see it. So I need to trust that when I take the step, because I've built momentum, because I know where I'm going, there's going to be a foothold. So if we're back on that visual with the clouds, right, I'm stepping into a cloud, but I've established a staircase and I see more of the staircase later. So I know if I take this step, it's going to be okay. And I think this is a big one. I'm not personally an entrepreneur, but I hear a lot of friends and family members that are talk about these steps. So this might be when you take the, I'm going to sign the lease for the storefront, even though you have not yet acquired the goods you're going to sell out of that storefront, right? You're still looking at your sourcing plans. Or this is the, and this one's a scary thought, I'm going to go ahead and quit my day job even though my book is only 75% full in my side hustle for what I need to generate the income necessary, right? There is, there are, squeeze me, there are going to be some steps where you don't exactly see how your footfall is going to land, but you need to press forward. And I think that's an important thing about goals. So goals, they're going to stretch you. And then you need a mix of goals where it's very clear and executable and you know where you're going and where you're not exactly sure how it's going to play, but you got to go. And all of that sounds amazing, Laura. And I'm absolutely with you. But here's where the not as great planner in me starts to get really uncomfortable. Is I get it. I want to take the steps. I want to start building the goals and the objectives. But the risk and the Fear, I'll call it that because it's mine. Um, the fear I start to bring into it is, oh my goodness. But as we start to get tactical with this, as we start to actually put it on paper, as we start to share it with other people and put it out in the world, how quickly are some of these plans and these you know, tactics and everything else, are they going to start to strangle my dream? Do you understand that fear? Oh, I just me trying not to that fear. <laughs> no. Oh, God bless you. You know what? Let's take our neuroses and put them together in a fabulous pot. So I think we have your, you're a great dreamer and visionary, which is fantastic for what you do, right? You run an organization, a nonprofit. You are the vision setter for that organization. It is fantastic that you're the dreamer and that you're a little scared of planning. Then you've got me. And if you had to pick, I'm neurotic about the fact that I plan so much you forget to dream, right? Like you're so busy doing steps one, two, three, four, five, that by the time you're done, you forget to look up. So if we carry forward, let's just go back to the silly examples we were talking about earlier with planning trips to these places. The first time that my family of four 
went to Universal Studios. We are Harry Potter nerds. I had, of course, planned, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm a family of five. I don't even know where that came from. So <laughs> that's a scary thing we should edit out so one of my kids doesn't hear it, but leave it in there so that those that are listening can go ahead and talk about that on the blogs. So, um, you know, the first time we went, I had that trip so planned and organized. And there was the day we were going to step into Diagon Alley for the first time. And I had in my head, we were going to step in and I wanted to get forward and to the right to what some will know is Ollivander's wand shop, because I wanted to get there early before the line queued up to go do the wand shop experience. <laughs> well, here's the issue with that. I was so busy doing that, that I almost missed. I did not, thank goodness for my husband. I did not, but I almost missed the unbelievable wonder that it is to actually step into Diagon Alley. And if you've been there, you know what I mean. It is actually tear inducing if you're a big enough Harry Potter nerd to be immersed in that experience, to hear the bricks shifting as you walk through that wall and suddenly be standing in the wizarding world and looking at the dragon on top of Gringotts. And I know that just went way too far into Harry Potter world. My point being, <laughs> planning to the point that you lose sight of the dream, right? This is a serious risk. And so if you stir you and I's neuroses together, we would never do anything. And I think in part, we just made a point that we're going to cover more in our second half is about who are the people you need to go along this journey with so that you do everything right. But the point here I want to say is it now that we are planning our dream, it's important to actually put in the plan reminders and checkpoints to look at the dream again. Plan, step into Diagon Alley, stop and take it in, right? Mm -hmm. So plan could be step one, Leash your storefront as of November 1st. Stop to just go, oh my goodness, look at how far I've gotten. There's brick and mortar here. And yes, I realize I'm using a brick and mortar analogy in a, in a cyber age, <laughs> but I just came back from a trip to a small town that reminded me how beautiful it is to have brick and mortar special shops and how fun that can be, right? So is that making sense, Jen? Like I want to be, and I know I sound like a crazy, Part of what we need to do is make sure that we've only we've planned time to step back and remember the dream and make sure we're staying on course to it and to make sure we're continuing to stretch and grow that dream to keep excitement and momentum. No, I that helps a lot. And I, you know, and I am I'm over exaggerating a little bit because obviously if you are a dreamer and if you are a visionary, you want to see these things come to fruition. And part of your role, and again, this becomes a more of an organizational thing versus maybe a more personal dream, but if your role is to be that person, then in some ways and even as we get into the people involved in the next one, you're going to see this. Your role is to keep the bigger view and to go, yes, I've got to, you know, set this vision and then protect this vision and make sure we don't lose this vision in the midst of all of these details. On the other hand, you got to make room, whether it's you or people you get to work with or surrounding you to say, let's make the plans because now there's momentum. Now there's not only a foothold and we're taking some steps, but some other wheels start to turn, some gears start to shift that are propelling other forces along the way. So we're going to move um, through some real talk and into the next series, um, to the next section where we're going to pick this up and talk about the people. But I I'm really glad we are in motion. <laughs> 
Today for Real Talk, we are going to the ultimate dreamer and we're going to talk a little bit more about Disney and specifically Walt Disney, who is the epitome of a dreamer who took his dreams and turned them into a reality. Today on Real Talk, I'm joined by the Disney expert extraordinaire, Liza Jane Brown. It just so happens that I, Laura, live with a Disney expert, Liza Jane, who has been a student of Disney personally and as a corporation for many, many years and has a passion for all things Disney dreams. Liza, tell our fans what's your favorite Disney ride or area that you just love, love, love. My favorite Disney ride is the Haunted Mansion which is a classic attraction, opened in 1969, and it's a little dated. Some people think it's cheesy. It's probably my favorite thing in the world. So did Walt Disney have a hand in dreaming and making that particular feature come to life? He did, but he actually passed away before he could see it come to fruition. The actual house that the mansion is inside in Disneyland was built... I believe 10 years before the ride actually opened. So it sat there for 10 years and nothing happened. And then when he passed away, it was a challenge to think what would he want with this ride? So I kind of love that for all of our listeners, there's an example right out of the gate in my casual question of how Walt Disney was the ultimate dreamer because he also inspired others to dream. Even in death, he inspired folks to get to dreaming. So having said all that, what can we learn from Disney? Let me start here. Liza, tell me a little bit about what inspired Walt Disney. What made these, what to many would be considered just wild, unthinkable things, dreams in his mind? It's a little hard to get into his head because he had so much going on, but he loved art from a young age. And when he went off into, I think it was the First or Second World War, that's embarrassing. He did art like on the side of an ambulance. He would draw whenever he could. And he took these huge ideas like Snow White being a full length feature film. And they seem ridiculous to many other people, but he was able to make them real. So let's talk about that part. So Disney had great ideas. Snow White is a feature film. Mickey Mouse itself was his own idea and this idea of having this character in animation, right? How did he move from dream to reality? Are there things about his life or the way he worked that made him not only be able to come up with these crazy dreams, but make it actually happen? One thing that I think was really important was that he was able to bring on other creative people and listen to their ideas and be able to have them do things that he knew he couldn't. So let them be part of his dream, but also make the dream real. Okay, so he brought in, and and I like how you said it's like people that couldn't do what, that couldn't, could do what he could not do, right? So bringing in specific skill sets, and it sounds like he also brought in other dreamers to kind of help him get even crazier in the dream. Yeah. So what made them come up with an idea? Like I'm trying to think, so when I think about Disney, I think what gave you the idea to build a park in Swampland? Can you talk us a little bit about what went on there and the team that was around Disney when they made that? And that would be specific to the building of Disney World in Florida when they said, let's turn this swamp into a multi-park and resort system. How, how do you get from point A to point B? Well, they wanted to be on another coast because Disneyland was so successful and they wanted to have a new spot 
for the whole market of the Disney parks. But he also wanted to build a whole city and it's very hard to find a space to build an entire city. And when you look at it today, Disney World is kind of its own piece of real estate. It is, but in a city way. Like there is so much in there that it might as well be its own place. But yeah. So tell me a little bit, not as famous, but still important is Roy Disney, Walt Disney's brother. What did the what did Roy do that helped Disney become successful in its early years? And how did Walt use him as a, not just as his brother, but as a partner to turn a dream into a success? He was able to look at all the ridiculous ideas that Walt would come up with and say, here's the good stuff, here's the bad stuff, and also here's how we can do this financially. Walt Disney was very bad at looking at money. He kind of would go over budget a lot with a lot of projects. That's a dreamer risk, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it usually it usually worked out, but Roy was kind of there to keep him level-headed. Yeah. Did they ever have tension between them that you, because of Roy kind of being the reality check? They actually did. They had this fight once, I think, in the 60s, and like the early 60s, before Walt died. And... Walt actually bought Roy a Native American peace pipe, like an authentic one, and gave it to him because they were fighting for months. And their wives eventually said, stop fighting. And Walt Disney, being as ridiculous as he was, was like, I am going to buy him a peace pipe. So it's fair, and I think this is part I want to draw out, that that was an awesome dynamic duo, but they still did have tension that they had to learn how to figure out and resolve. Okay, so Walt Disney, the ultimate dreamer, took some absolutely wild things. He turned a swampland into a resort system. He took a middle-of-nowhere desert in California and turned it into a park. He took pictures and turned them into animated feature-length films. All sorts of wild things. If I said to you, Liza, what is the number one legacy that Disney left behind being a student of all things Walt Disney, what would you say? Probably the idea that you can make the impossible possible, that there are technical ways to do it, and listening to critics is a bad idea. I love it. So thank you. So Walt Disney, ultimate dreamer. Liza, thanks for sharing with us today some thoughts on Walt Disney and daring to dream. So you might recall last week when we started out this dreamer series, we used an analogy, maybe overstretched a little, of considering a dream a room. And you had to think about how big that room needed to be, how you were going to furnish it, and who you were going to put in that room. So this week, what we want to do is continue this second half of today's podcast and say, okay, we have reached the point where we are actually taking these steps towards the dream. So who are the people that are important to include. Every plan needs a resource plan. Said differently, every plan needs people to actually make it happen. So Jen and I have kind of created this list of four different roles or people that we need to bring into the room with us to start making a dream possible. Jen, I'll let you take the first people group and have at it. <laughs> All right, the first one that I'm gonna go to is the accountability group. And that's going to sound not fun and maybe even super lame. But here's where this is critical. You need the people who are not going to allow you to not take steps forward. They're going to be the people who are there to go, what did you do? What steps did you take? 
how much, you know, farther did you push into this thing that you told us to hold you accountable to? And so these people are so, they're so critical. And some of these categories we're going to talk about, Laura, I think that people can be more than one of them. So as we start to talk about it, don't, you know, don't start thinking that you have to have, you have to, you know, instantly have 15 other people that are involved in whatever you're doing. People can fill multiple roles, but these roles are, are incredibly important and especially at the beginning. And so figuring out who are the people who not only will hold you accountable, but that you're going to allow to hold you accountable because you're only as accountable as you'll allow yourself to be, right? It doesn't matter how much people push. If you're going to dodge them at the end of the day, you have to make room for that. So who are not only the people that are going to be willing to push you willing to ask the important questions, but also are the ones who are going to call your bluff when they know that you're holding back from taking action or from sharing those next pieces. And so find your pushy people and make them your accountability people. And I love it in the context of dreams to talk about your accountability people because it's accountable on some really unique levels that are some that are personal in this case, right? Dreams are often a very personal thing. So they're pushing you not only to do the spreadsheet says steps one, two, three, but they're also pushing you to be responsible for saying, staying true to the vision that you've set, the dream that's out there, right? and making sure that you don't lose it along the way. Here's where I need people in my life big time because I'm definitely the person who starts putting my head down into the action plan and I need somebody every now and then to remind me to look up and remember what we're actually trying to go for on the longer horizon. Um, and that's and, and part of that I, I have to know myself, right? I need accountability partners that are going to kind of, you know, put the finger under my chin and lift and lift my chin up and remind me to look up and forward um, so that I don't lose sight of where we're going in the process of the mechanism to get there. That's a big danger for me. I don't think I'm alone with that. And that can be driven from a lot of things, right? In my case, it's just, I take great delight in planning. So it's really easy for me to lose the vision and the joy of the plan, which is so nerdy. For some people, <laughs> like outright, like it can almost be a form of anxiety, whether true anxiety or just a form, you know, an unofficial form of anxiety, just you get nervous about it, right? So you start to get wrapped up in the minute to minute um, as a way to avoid the reality. Like your plan could be leading you to doing something very big, very life-changing potentially, or life-changing for others. And the burden of that makes you say, I'm not going to look at it. It scares me, right? So we need those accountability partners on so many paths. And I want to use that to lead into the second of our four types of people that we want to bring in the room with us. And this is what I'm going to call our dream advisors, if you will let me, Jen. So okay. we've I'll we've talked it. in the past, we've used in the past this relatively common at this point phrase, board of advisors, right? The people that you keep around you for personal growth and to help you stay on the narrow, or excuse me, on the on the path, so to speak. I hate to say it's a narrow. <laughs> Oh, I like to I like to walk a tightrope. I can't. I am who I am. <laughs> so, we this board of advisors. Let's talk about the dream advisors, right? These are the people that are going to help you understand the dream, keep the dream in context, keep molding the dream. But once you've got those accountability folks that are helping you stay towards it and keep an eye on it, you need those dream advisors that are going to help you understand that dream and really stay focused on it and accountable to it, and 
I should say really just true to the dream and not allowing yourself to not only settle for something different, but maybe allow yourself to just get so busy in the work that you never get to the dream. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. And I think part of this group of dream advisors is the next category that you and I talked about, which is having other dreamers. <laughs> and so not only do you need these advisors that are going to speak into your dream and help you hone your dream and, um, you know, plan to growing it, but also being specific about it. So to be specific about these other dreamers that are on the team, these are the ones who also mid-walk look up and go, hey, have you seen that cloud? How cool is that? These are the other people whose natural inclination is going to be to the clouds, to the big picture, to the, the whiteboard and the white space and the doodling and the have we thought about this yet. These are the people that are going to make some of the other people on your team, <clears throat> Laura, crazy because now that you've started moving somewhere, um, they're past the point of going, hey, what could this be? They're the ones who are going, nope, we defined it. We built the room. Now we're working on the plan. But You've got to have the synergy of the people that are still coming along because it is still a dream. You might be taking action steps, but you're still working towards something that hasn't been done yet. And so having some dreamers that are part of it, that are able to actually see the dream, come back to the bigger space, and who are comfortable without settling into specifics too quickly. Laura, do you I love really these people? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so it's so funny because actually even as I listen to you say that I say part of this is even recognizing like I am so not that person and yet I'm still a person that wants to dream and do things and change things right mm -hmm. so in my case it's the hey I'm so stinking practical that I need others to just kind of help me dream and let me interject, but really push. And you know, you're gonna make fun of me for this, but just go with me, okay. So <laughs> I'm an uptidy by every definition of the word, um, but I do have things that I just love and I do enjoy some of the the arts and I love things like Disney, right? That kind of stuff. So, so it's in there, right? So we love musicals as part of that in my family. And my daughters have recently discovered, not that they didn't know existed, but added to their repertoire La La Land stayed up and watched it the other weekend have been listening to the soundtrack a lot I hadn't really paid it much mind since I think it was 2016 that originally came out right and I hadn't thought about it for a while needless to say it's been on the brain well one of my very 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 favorite songs in that show it's called Auditions and in my mind this is where Emma Stone won her Academy Award for this movie she sings a song that's about the dreamers. And one of the phrases that struck me as you and I've been working on this podcast series in this song, she sings a bit of madness is key to give us new colors to see who knows where it will lead us. And that's why they need us. We need everybody here. We need those people that to me, they look mad, right? I'm thinking you crazy person, settle down, put your whiteboard and your markers away and let's decide who's gonna do what by when, right? We, this, you all have been listening to me for three years. You know, this is what I'm thinking, right? And at the same time, those dreamers, we need those folks that are saying, put away your spreadsheet, let's get out the markers and just have a little fun, right? 
it takes all kinds. And in the end, you say, you know, we're thankful for those folks. They may be, actually that song goes on to say, crazy as they may seem, here's to the hearts that break and here's to the mess we make. You need that mess. So I know you're loving that I just went totally <laughs> musical song lyric rogue at this part of the episode, but I think it's like a great tie-in to just say, you know, we need these people that, um, another line in the song, right? We need these people, the ripples from the pebbles. These things have to happen. You need people that are throwing the stones to make the ripples in, from the pebbles. I love that line. You need <laughs> folks that are just stretching you, even if it makes you bonkers coming back around to you, making fun of me. <laughs> This is this is seriously this soundtrack has clearly been on multiple times. I mean, you've got you've got all these lyrics at the, the tip of your tongue. This is killing me right now. Um, but no, that's that's great. I feel like all of our listeners are getting lots of your proclivities and household dynamics in this. But I love that. That's a great illustration, I, and it's a thank great you. Way to look at that, and and I do love that. And then coinciding with that, Lara, our last category. So we've got the accountability. We've got the dream advisors. We've got. I see you moving me along. You're like, let's right. to stop talking about La La Land. <laughs> Laura has gone to La La Land. Let's get to number there four. There are some guys listening to this out there. <laughs> no, the last one, and this is going to be really funny. Then the last category are the cheerleaders. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Here's the last category that that you know we don't want to lose any of you here. A dream has to be fun. It has to be exciting. The reason it was a dream is there's something that inspired you. Find the people who want to feed that in you, the people that are going to just be cheerleaders. They don't have to be dreamers themselves. In fact, they might not be dreamers at all, but these are people who love you, believe in you, believe in what you're trying to accomplish and see the possibility, even if they don't understand the possibility that are going to keep you excited and encouraged. Sometimes it's even better if these people don't understand your dream at all, because they're not even going to touch the actual tactical pieces. They're simply going to be the ones to encourage you the days that you walk in and go, the last step I tried to take broke before I, I got anywhere on it. And they're going to say, try again tomorrow. I really like that. And I do think it's so important to have the people that kind of keep the fun alive in the dream because you'll have the fun suckers like me in in your dream room. <laughs> but I really, really, really like that, right? A dream should be fun. And I think about some folks that I work with that I think they just don't lose the fun no matter how serious it can get, right? And Or the people that, you know, one of the things that cheerleaders do is they take a knee when things get serious. And a cheerleader or that person that's in that room with you might be willing to take the knee and be and give you that moment but what do they always do next they stand up and they clap and encourage everybody else to stand back up and to continue and i think that's such an important element of what's happening because let's be honest as we there are there are injuries so to speak along the way on your way to dreams right nobody gets to a dream without a little bit of a hiccup along the way and um and i think that's really important that you have these cheerleaders along the way that can help you not only in that encouraging, upbeat, keep going, so proud of you way, but also know when you need to take the knee, take a breath, but they make sure you get back up. And that's huge. So Jen, I think we filled our room with decent people here and a little bit of um, our neurotic tendencies along the way. <laughs> I love it. Bring on the people. <laughs>
All right, Laura, for memory lane, there is nowhere else we could go on today's episode. We've talked about Disney. We've heard from Liza, who is the expert and as all of the, the passion that there is for Disney. But we do, in fact, have some great Disney memories made possible by your planning. And so, Laura, what are some what are some of the ones that come to mind? Well, and one of them, and I almost, in retrospect, we should have mom telling this story, but one of the best ones is a time when we went and you and Clark and Bryant, because Bryant was still very little. So for those that have listened through this whole podcast, Jen had to remind herself that Bryant was on this trip and he was two. Same trip. <laughs> um, they had gone back to the hotel room. Bryant was done for the day. And I actually think my husband... Had so mom, dad, and I stayed at the parks. We saw Buzz Lightyear. We did a dance party with the Incredibles, or at least I danced at a party with the Incredibles and the kids sat and ate snacks. And then we went to do the classic wishes experience at the end of the night, which is the light show with the fireworks and everything that you most people envision for Magic Kingdom at Disney World. And as that show was taking place at one point, and Jacob would have been very little at this point in time, right? So Jacob would have been five, give or take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jake looks over at mom and he actually says, and I think this might be mom's number one story of all time of anything, looks over and says, do you think dreams really do come true? And it was such a sweet and special moment. And of course, you know, I don't care what you think about Disney, just keep it to yourself. You can't, man, you, you know, those are the moments. This is why you make those trips. And it was so special. And I love that memory lane moment because in that moment, Jake got it. And that was Walt. We talked about Walt earlier. That was Walt's dream, right? To help people see that. And now anytime we go and we love it, I actually have a personal favorite um, memory moment when we were at Disneyland in California. And I have a photo of John holding Ruthie our youngest who would have been all of four years old at the time, I guess. Um, no, I'm sorry. She was six. Doesn't matter. Still a small enough Ruthie that John was holding her during the fireworks celebration at Disneyland and just him watching her and the wonder in her eyes as she watched the show. And I think it's a great reflection of how dreamers like Walt can start something that captures the dream of these kids. And then even as a parent, the dream and wonder for you is just looking at or grandparent in mom's case with Jake, John with Ruthie here, right? Watching the dreams unfold in front of your kids' eyes and wondering what's going to be with them and the dreams that they will have. So there's so much beauty in dreams and everybody can make fun of me, but boy, does Disney know how to evoke them like nobody's business. And that's why I own stock in the Disney Corporation in summary. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for taking this there on memory lane. And that memory with Jake and mom did come up again because after the last episode, our, our mom was quick to, to jump on a text with the two of us and remind us that dreams do come true. And she still believes that and wants us all to believe that too. So thanks for continuing in this conversation with us. The book that we are reading that goes with this is called Dream Big by Bob Goff. And so y'all make sure you pick up a copy and start reading that. We can't wait to talk about it, but thank you for joining us today on Memory Lane. 
thanks for listening today. We hope this episode has made you laugh, made you think, helped you grow in your industrious life, and hopefully is helping you make those steps to move your dreams into motion. We love having these conversations. We'd love to hear about some of your dreams, so share them with us on all the different social platforms. You can find us especially on Instagram at Sisters of Industry and on Facebook, but we enjoy taking this ride with you each and every week. So thanks for joining us and thanks for sharing. Thank you.